You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts, and our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or through our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina. We've got a great first show of 2024 for you today, folks. ARP North Carolina State President Helen Mack returns to the show to help us turn the page on 2023 and share a bit of what is in store with AARP for the new year. But before we bring Mack on board, as always, folks, I'm here in the studio with our esteemed production engineer and three-time father, (laughs) Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, Happy New Year and congratulations, sir. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate that, and I'm going to do my best to uh, to not nod off here, not because you and Mac aren't interesting, but just from the general lack of sleep. But no, it's good to be with you here on the, the first AARP Without Limits of 2024. And I have to say, you're wearing a really nice light purple today, which is new. Does that have any significance at all, or is it just what you picked today? Just what I picked. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I could have maybe grabbed a Hawaiian shirt on accident <laughs> or something. You know, I was just kind of getting out the door, cleaning bottles, that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm lucky I picked something decent. I have to say, Jason, having a, a baby right around the holidays is a very significant challenge. Um, And you may not know this, Jason, but actually today is my oldest child's birthday, turns 14. Oh, wow. And so I am a little familiar with what it's like to have a new child. In my case, that was our first child right around the holidays. But yours was a little bit closer to Christmas than was mine. So just a little, would you mind sharing a little bit about that, what that experience was like for you as far as, you know, this Christmas as opposed to other Christmases, how how different it was that you get to enjoy the, uh, you know, the uh, sip the nick the, the uh, eggnog <laughs> under the mistletoe and, and and all of that type of stuff. Well, this was a this was very different because uh, things were kind of scheduled. Uh, we didn't know until a week ahead of time that this was going to be happening. Oh, obviously we knew we were going to be having a baby, but the doctor said, "Hey, we need to make this happen a little bit sooner rather than later." So we had uh, everything's kind of scheduled, which was helpful in a way that we could get on top of things and put things into gear, but that did kind of impact Christmas. The kids still had a wonderful time, but um, there was lots of, you know, we got to make some hustled preparations here because we thought we had a few more weeks time. Mm, I see here. And now how was, as far as your other children go, how was the experience for them, you know, getting up and seeing what Santa brought them and all of that? Were they at all distracted by the addition of a of a new member to the family and, and not all at all not at all they were uh, very fired up and ready to open the gifts under the tree i mean they were they had been waiting all month of course it was it was still an awesome awesome experience oh very good i'm oh i'm so happy for you and so proud of you my friend as a from one dad to another, I know what the experience is like, though not three. Three is, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, Jason, um, uh, my my ex-wife and I, when we were you know initially family planning back some years ago, we thought, oh, three would be great. Let's have three. And then we had the first one, and then we realized, my God, this is hard. <laughs> so then, uh, luckily, uh, the uh, second child was born, which happened to be a girl. So we had a boy and a girl. 
And at that point said, you know what? We got one of each. We're in a good space. Time to, you know, make a little snip on my end and uh, (laughs) prevent this party from getting any bigger. Um, But I have to say, I was always curious what it would be like to have a third. Now, I know you're already kind of dealing with not having a whole lot of sleep and all that. But uh, the three, uh, I mean, are you getting a bigger vehicle or anything like that? I did get a bigger vehicle. Yeah. We've got uh, a full dad van now. I'm very proud of that. All so, right. uh, no, it's the kids love it. And now it's it's just basically trying to get – I'm a taxi driver at this point. Oh, yes. Well, well. again, once again, congratulations and congratulations on the new ride. That's something we also share in common right now. I shared with you uh, about a month ago, Jason, uh, my prized Dodge Durango got stolen um, right from out in front of my home right after uh, Thanksgiving, which was uh, – disappointing to say the least and uh, to say that everything with insurance and all that went smoothly would be a lie so I'm not going to say that but um, I am finally uh, in some new wheels really excited got a nice Ram 1500 pickup uh, first pickup truck I've ever had it's a lot of fun to have and insurance came through and all that good stuff is happening I am ending the year on a really or did end the year on a a really significant note though Jason Um, you know for many people New Year's is a time to kind of hit the reset button. People create New Year's resolutions. They set goals that they hope that they can stick with. Um, for me, I usually don't do that, but I do hope that I begin the year with you know a little bit wiser, a little bit more perspective, and a sense of what I want to accomplish um, the new year in the new year with that perspective. For me, you know, I, I definitely realize that um, you know stuff comes and goes. You know, you can have a nice car, a nice place to live, nice clothes, nice jewelry, uh, the latest phone. Um, so many things um, that that can be gone tomorrow just by somebody deciding that they're going to come and take it from you. Um, and in many cases, there's nothing you can do about that, right? Um, doesn't matter how fancy your alarm system or how quick your eye is, um, things can happen. You know, secondary or more important to that is your health, your ability to be able to live the life that you want to live on your own terms, your ability to be able to think clearly and with wisdom and to make good decisions, and of course, to appreciate everything that you have. And for me, you know, we began this this show today talking about family for a reason, you know, for me you know, you have something, and this is sort of a first world problem, you know, okay, Dodge Durango got stolen, you know, out of suburbia here in North Carolina, so many worse things going on in the world. But, uh, you know, that little type of thing does does shake you up a little bit, you know, and, and causes some inconveniences and gives you the opportunity once you, after you get over your initial reaction to say, okay, what am I going to learn from this? You know, what am I going to do differently? How am I going to, um, how would I approach this in the future, should uh, should it happen again? And aside from me getting LoJack on my new truck <laughs> to uh, to track any any thieves, um, you know, I'm I'm just looking at it as you know what you take it, you know, comes and it goes. It's just stuff, you know. And for me, you know, celebrating my son's birthday, that's the most important thing for me today. Uh, you know, is to uh, let him know he is loved, and I and I'm so proud of him and my daughter. Um, uh, for the people that they have become. And uh, I'm just holding that even more closely than I think I ever have uh, going into this year. So thank you, uh, Jason, for letting me indulge in that. And thank you to the listeners here at, w- at uh, AARP Without Limits. Um, I do, speaking of, you know, f- 
people who you hold dear, I am really, really excited that we have back with us Helen Mack. And uh, for those of you who had not uh, heard our previous shows before, uh, Helen Mack is AARP's volunteer state president. She's been a longtime volunteer with AARP. I have known her more than 10 years, going on 11 years very, very soon. She is a true mover and shaker, um, and above all that to me, she is a is a dear, dear friend. Uh, Helen Mack, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and Jason and everybody that's listening. So, Mack, you've been volunteering with AARP for a long time, and you've worn many hats during that time. Of course, I met you back when I moved to Charlotte uh, from the New York area uh, more than 10 years ago. And since January of last year, you've been serving as our state president. It's been a year now. How's it going? Um, and what's the experience for you been? Well, it's really been fascinating and it's been inspiring because when you see all of the people across the state in each one of the five regions that we have, and the leadership teams they have that are all volunteers, and the work that they can get done for people who are aging, it's absolutely amazing. The commitment that people can make to being sure to help other people, it it really is an inspiring thing. It, It gives you pause to know that there are a lot of good people out in the world doing a lot of good things. And AARP is right out front working with that. And Mac, you know, your perspective is a is a very unique one because you, you know, as I mentioned, you wear a lot of different AARP hats. Um, you are, you know, you volunteer with AARP nationally. You travel from state to state. Um, you serve on AARP's uh, local team in the triad, working specifically on livable communities efforts to help make that area more age friendly, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then as state president, you know, you lead the uh, ARP North Carolina Executive Council, uh, which is a group of, of movers and shakers who help us lead, strategically lead the direction of the ARP state office um, here, in, here in North Carolina. As state president, um, you know, what do you, what's the experience been like for you, you know, this, this particular role over the course of the last year versus the other, the other roles you've had with AARP? I think being the president has really put a uh, focus on how vast and how important the work of volunteers is. You know, I consider myself a lead volunteer for the state and knowing how important the work is that we're doing for those who are aging in North Carolina, and believe it or not, we're all aging. I think that's the thing that's been the most important to me. Um, and as the president, I get to see it happening all across our state. And then seeing it nationally, I can come back and say, North Carolina is doing amazing things for older adults. It's no wonder North Carolina has a growing population of older adults. It's a good place to be aging. And uh, uh, we're going to go to a commercial break in about a minute, so I don't want to get in too deep into our next question. But I have to say, Mac, that last point you 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 made uh, gives me a lot of pride because, as you mentioned, you get to travel across the country. You visit other AARP state offices and see their volunteer teams in action. And you routinely come back to me and say, yeah, I was just in this state or I was just in that state and 
Mike, you know, they're great out there, but I got to say, we really are really lucky here in North Carolina um, with the volunteers that we have, with the staff that we have, um, with our collective commitment to make our state, which is, of course, 10 million plus uh, and growing here in the state. We've got 1.1 million AARP members here in the state. Um, so many pe- more people every year deciding to call this place home. It's so important for AARP to be an effective organization, and it is just so great always to hear you bring us back that feedback that we're, we're doing a lot of really great things here in North Carolina that uh, in some ways are ahead of what are going on um, in other um, uh, state offices of AARP in, uh, across the country. When we come back, folks, we're going to continue our conversation with Helen Mack. We're going to dig into how 2023 wrapped up and what we have to look forward to here in 2024. This is AARP Without Limits. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is AARP Without Limits. Folks, just a reminder, we always love to hear from you. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a suggestion or a recommendation for a future topic or guest that you'd like to hear hear here on the AARP Without Limits, please send us an email to aarpwithoutlimits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with AARP North Carolina State President Helen Mack. Um, a little bit about her experience. She's one year into being uh, state president, and she's got one more year to go. Uh, Mac, last time we had you on the show was back in June of 2023, and we spoke about what AARP's work in the state was looking like at that mid-year point. Um, here we are, beginning of 2024, looking back at 2023. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? What are the highlights on uh, what we were able to accomplish this year? When I look at what we've done, I understand why we need coffee at our meetings. We've had like 500 engagements, which means we've educated people on things like uh, fraud, caregiving, Social Security, Medicare, brain health, digital learning. And we've done it both in person and virtually. So and, and we have interests like the working with veterans and our emphasis on disrupting aging. And that doesn't even talk about the advocacy work that a powerful group of people across the state focus their energy on. It's been a year to remember and a year that really focused on why it is AARP volunteers are important in this state. Well said. And, you know, I know for for me, you know, the highlights include, you know, legislatively, of course, there was Medicaid, the Medicaid expansion, which became a bipartisan issue in the last couple of years. And, you know, it was great to be uh, one of, you know, a number of organizations, but also, you know, key key players, both Republicans and Democrats between the governor's office and, and the state legislature working to make that happen. Um, and of course, you know, the big announcement from the governor declaring North Carolina would become an age friendly state with an executive order uh, that set into motion all departments and agencies uh, of the state to begin viewing their work with an age friendly lens so we can better uh, make better decisions um, as we spend the state spends money and and investments are made in different ways to make sure that they understand that the state's population is aging um, now Mac you're located in the Winston-Salem area uh, and recently here on the show we had Lee Covington 
on to talk about the new intergenerational center that just opened up there. And as we discussed on the show, this center is a very significant development as it is a, a vast departure from what was the previous model of, you know, what we call the senior center. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? You're from the area, and I, and I know you're, you're, you're well aware of the work of, of Lee Covington and others there, but why are centers like this one that opened up so significant to AARP's mission, and what do you think they represent in terms of meeting the needs of older adults and the community as a whole for the future? Well, I think we need to remember that the unit in our society really is the family, and that means cross ages. And this gets us back to that idea of intergenerations, not just segmented into one age group. And all of these things will happen because of the amazing work of having partners And it shows the importance of partners working together. There are going to be 20 some agencies working in this amazing building. And the building is amazing, but the work of the people is even more important. There's going to be all kinds of services available as far as health is concerned, but there are also going to be all kinds of opportunities for the community to come into that setting and do things like dancing and art classes and pottery, all kinds of ways to keep people interested in life in general. The important piece, I think, is the idea of the concept that started as an idea, and then we can watch it become a reality and know that those kinds of things that we have in our best of days really can come about when we've got people who work together for really great purposes. I am so impressed with what that building represents. And it really is about what happens when we think about others and work together for those purposes. I love the way you framed it as families because, you know, we all think about, you know, the the different challenges, right? We think about, you know, national challenges, you know, how's the country going to deal with an ever aging population, right? But then, you know, you, you kind of scale it down from there and you think, okay, well, before people live in the country, they live in a state. And before they live in a state, they live in the region of their state and then the county and then in the city that they live in and then in the community, in the neighborhood, and they live in their home with their family. And, you know, so much of it, that's really where the rubber hits the road. And, you know, one thing I really love about this this center is that it's an intergenerational center. It can It can... Uh, provide opportunities for for people maybe who don't have family to be able to interact with people of different ages. Um, and when you walk into the center, as you know, Mac, you know, it's not like a, just a typical, you know, room like the old model of a senior center, um, which is just sort of like an open space. It It's like a mall. You walk in and there's, you know, there's the theater over here and they're all, all these uh, rooms look like storefronts and it's just got such a great welcome feel. You know, there are benches to sit down and, and uh, skylights and it's just a wonderful, wonderful feel. And in so many, and in some ways, it, it, so many ways to me, it, it represents what the future of aging in, in America looks like. Related to that, Mac, you, you know, you've been so involved in our work to help create livable communities. Um, how big of a year, you know, in, in your view, you know, what, what stands out to you or what gives you the most excitement as you look at 2024 in terms of work around livable communities this year? Well, as you mentioned earlier, 
North Carolina became one of the age-friendly 10 of those states in, in the United States. And the governor signed not just into being an age-friendly state, but that executive order that creates a plan, a state plan, for people to focus on getting policy in place, as well as getting ideas happening across. And it involves people all across the state. There are committees working every day to get this plan created. And the focus is on aging. And we know that if the focus is on aging, it also includes everybody else. Because what's good for someone who's aging is if you're 80 or eight, it's all the same. So it really is impressive that North Carolina is now an age-friendly state. I think that just stands out big time for me. And I think the work, the reality is the work has to happen locally also. And all of the people who are involved in it are also involved in their own local area. Um, it, it would, it's really important that we focus on the reality that people are aging and we are an important part of the population and that communities really need to reflect that the aging is happening. And it's important that we understand that what's good for those who are aging is good for everyone. Well said, Mac. Um, and, and in the last minute or so we've got here, you know, as AARP North Carolina Volunteer State President, you are the key ambassador for volunteerism uh, with AARP. Any words of advice or, or um, uh, thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners regarding considering volunteering with AARP this year? Volunteering gives back to you as a person as much as you give into it. And I think AARP has a unique focus with their volunteering because it is up to the individual to decide what their level of commitment is going to be, how much time they're going to put into it, where they're going to do the volunteering. And the volunteering can be strategic, can be uh, operational. There's so many things to do. And it we can help with the state plan, help with what's going on in each community, help individuals. And you can do what you have a passion about, what your interest is, and on your time frame, And I think that flexibility makes it really good to be an AARP volunteer. Uh, and the, what it gives back to the world in general is really amazing because it gives to the people in the community and it gives to you also that sense of fulfillment. Um, I do say that one of the things we do have to be though is really flexible and know that everything about us is in a flux, in a change, and that we need to learn to adapt and adjust and pivot all the time. And I think older adults who volunteer know the value of those things. Very well said, Mac. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, folks, that is a wrap. Uh, if you are interested in volunteering with AARP, again, you can send us an email to aarpwithoutlimits at aarp.org. Thank you to Helen Mack for being our guest. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. Thank you for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander signing off.